This video is sponsored by Fide, a Catholic technology alternative to big tech companies. Fide provides email, calendar services, file, and collaborative options, forms for individuals, families, businesses, parishes, and nonprofit operations. Check out the link in the description box for more information. Good Saturday to you today. I hope that your weekend is going well. I like to bring letters from good bishops when they appear. Brought you a vegan letter day yesterday or the day before, unless something has changed since then. I'm recording this before you see this, obviously. And Rorate Chaley released one just a few days ago, written by Bishop Robert Mutsert. He's a, well, he's from the Netherlands. He's an outspoken bishop that we don't hear too much from, but from when he does speak, it hits with force. He's um, not exactly a fan of the Synod on Synodality, you could say. <laughs> and, um, to put it mildly, he's got a barn burner of a letter, and I'm going to go through it with you here. Um, you won't see me as I read it. I'll have it on screen to, you know, I'll have you know, a picture of him with the text on screen so you can follow along if you like. But I'll try to interrupt it periodically so that we can go over what it is he's saying here. Because, I mean, it's not complicated at all. And he's saying things that if you or I said it, we would be accused of being schismatic by the Pope-splaining YouTube channels out there who, have, who feel they have to do everything in their power to defend Francis and to make it seem like the Synod on Synodality is somehow not a de facto Third Vatican Council when it is. Numerous bishops have said it is. So let's get let's dive right into this letter, which again comes from Arate Celi, and I encourage you to go to Arate Celi and read that one or at least read something else that they've posted because there's a lot of good spiritual materials there as well as like sort of doctrinal deeper dives and all sorts of things, all from a good trad perspective. So let's dive into this. Synodal Process as an Instrument to Change the Church by Bishop Robert Mutzerts, dated the 4th of November, 2022. On Thursday, October 27th, the Secretariat of the Synod of Bishops in Rome presented the working document for the continental phase of the Synod headlined, For a Synodal Church, Communio Participatio Missio. This took place at a press conference chaired by Cardinal Grish, held at the Holy See Press Center in Rome. The document was entitled, Increase the Space in Your Tent. See Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2. Based on all the final documents of the meetings in the various continents, the Secretariat of the Synod of Bishops then compiles the Instrumentum Laboris, the working document for the 2023 and 2024 synodal meetings. The mantra of the process is, listen, to whom? To everyone. The working document contains a good number of quotes. Quote, these quotations were chosen because they express in a particularly powerful, beautiful, or precise way feelings that are expressed more generally in many reports. The synodal experience can be read as a path of recognition for those who do not feel adequately recognized in the church. The contours of the synodal process are becoming increasingly clear. It provides a megaphone for non-Catholic views. The document indicates what the synodal path should ultimately lead to. Quote, this means a church that learns by listening how to renew its evangelizing mission in light of the signs of the times, in order to continue to offer humanity a way of being and living in which all can feel included as protagonists, end quote. All right, so first, let's cut in here. We have 
that end line there where he's quoting a something from this from synod documents of a church that learns by listening how to renew its evangelizing mission in light of the signs of the times and how all are feel included that's i mean that's just stuff you hear in the secular realm like from all quarters this is a secularist program i mean it and it gets worse as he's going to demonstrate here in the next bit this is not a Catholic, this is not a way of making, presenting the Catholic faith to the world in a way that'll bring more Catholics into the church. And it's simply, and it's certainly not, the Synod of Synodality is certainly not a way of bringing disaffected Catholics back to the faith. This is by, by representing the Catholic faith in terms that maybe people can understand in the modern world without actually changing the teachings, watering down the teachings or anything like that. That would be fine. This is something else. Here he's going to tell us who feel excluded by the church, and you won't be surprised by any of this. Who are those who feel excluded? Paragraph 39, quote, Among those who feel, who call for a more meaningful dialogue and a more welcoming space, we also find those who, for various reasons, feel a tension between belonging to the church and their own loving relationships, such as remarried divorced people, single parents, people living in poly relationships, the James Martin alphabet crowd, etc. In short, those who do not agree with the teachings of the Catholic Church. What the working document seems to suggest is that we compile a list of complaints and then debate them. The mission of the church is a different one, that which it is not, to examine all opinions and let then let's come to an agreement. Jesus commanded us something else, proclaim the truth. It is the truth that will set you free. Particularly curious is the comment that the church pays no attention to the poly relationships. For that matter, the document does not pay any attention to traditionalists. Those also feel excluded. Indeed, they are literally so by Pope Francis, Traditionis Custodis. Apparently, there is no sympathy for this group. To date, the synodal process is more like a sociological experiment and has little to do with the Holy Spirit supposedly sounding through all. That could almost be called blasphemous. What is becoming increasingly clear is that the synodal process is going to be used to change a number of church positions, with the Holy Spirit then also being thrown into the fray as an advocate, even though the Holy Spirit has really breathed something counterintuitive throughout the centuries. Above all, what can be gathered from the listening sessions is an evaporated faith, no longer practiced and not accepting the church's positions. People complain that the church does not accept their views. This is not entirely true, by the way. The Flemish and German bishops go a long way with them, which is actually much more tragic. They no longer want to call sin a sin. Hence, conversion and repentance are no longer discussed. All right, let's cut, cut in here again. They no longer want to call sin a sin. Hence, conversion and repentance are no longer discussed. That's not new to this synod. That has been the status quo in the church for my whole life, for your, probably for most of y'all's whole life. That has been the status quo in the church for a long time. This is just institutionalizing it. This is cementing it. The Synod on Synodality, its final report will be given to Francis. He will issue some kind of document, and then that will be expected to be implemented by the bishops around the world the way Amoris Laetitia was. This is the institutionalization of secular values in the church. This is a remaking of the faith. This is a de facto council. Here he goes over some of the things that we can expect 
that go against what it really means to be Catholic, against the faith, these predictable claims that and calls being made by the secular world. Predictable is the call for the admission of women to the priesthood. Quote, the active role of women in the governing structures of church bodies, the possibility for women with adequate training to preach in parishes, and a female diaconate and priesthood. End quote. A pointless exercise considering that the last three pontificates have explicitly stated that this is an impossibility. In politics, everything is open to discussion and debate. In the church, it is not. We have such a thing as church doctrine that is not subject to time and place. But the working document really seems to question everything. For example, in paragraph 60, we read, quote, The call to the conversion of ecclesial culture for the salvation of the world is concretely linked to the possibility of establishing a new culture with new practices and structures. And then this, quote, the bishops are asked to find appropriate ways to carry out their task of validating and approving the final document and ensuring that it is the fruit of an authentic synodal journey, respectful of the process that has taken place and faithful to the different voices of the people of God in each continent. End quote. Apparently, the office of bishop is reduced to simply come implementing what is ultimately the greatest common denominator is the outcome of a raffle of opinions. The final stage of the synodal process cannot but turn out like a Polish country day. Editor's note. Humorous Dutch expression for a meeting where everything is debated and nothing is decided. Predictably, all those who do not get their way will say that they are being excluded. In advance, this is a recipe for disaster. If everyone gets their way, which is not actually possible, the disaster is complete. Then the church will have denied itself and squandered its identity. At the presentation of the working document, Cardinal Grace made a big deal about stating that the church's task is to act as an amplifier of every sound coming from within the church, even if it is contrary to what the church has always proclaimed. That was once different. At the time of the Counter-Reformation, the church left nothing to be desired in terms of clarity as to what its views were. You convince people by standing for the Catholic faith with reasoned and full conviction. You convince no one by merely listening and leaving it at that. The annoying thing is that the bishops were instructed to listen and then document what was said. These reports were then collected at the church local level and then forwarded to Rome. Reports that included the necessary heresies with the signature of the bishops' conference. We could not do otherwise, but I am by no means happy about it. Many a cardinal, by the way, also ventilated this in Rome, asking even more than once what synodal synodality actually is. There was no clear answer. You know, it's funny that here he says that he that it was widely asked for a definition of what synodality is, and that they never got one. That no one knows what synodality is. Synodality is just an excuse to allow the laity to the malformed laity, those who many of whom don't have the faith. We have the research data show that they deny the real presence. They deny Catholic moral teaching. They deny inerrancy of scripture. They deny every aspect of the faith. And to have them be, quote, guided by the Spirit to tell us what the Holy Spirit is telling the church. And despite the fact that scripture tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever, the, the excuse is being used that the lady are to be instruments for changing the church, claiming that they're being guided by the Holy Ghost. It's madness. Let's, clear, let's finish up this article and get some closing thoughts. Jesus took a different approach. He listened to the two disappointed disciples who were on their way to Emmaus. But at one point, he took the floor and made it clear to them that they were going astray. 
That led them to turn around and return to Jerusalem. If we don't turn around, we end up in Emmaus and are even further from home than we already are. One thing is clear to me. God is out of the picture in this vile synodal process. The Holy Spirit has absolutely nothing to do with it. Among the protagonists of this process are, to me, a little too many defenders of the James Martin parody of the nuptial sacrament, folks who don't really think the Moloch ritual is a problem, and never really show themselves defenders of the church's rich creed, wanting above all to be liked by their secular surroundings. How unpastoral. How unloving. People want sincere answers. They don't want to go home with more questions. You're keeping people from salvation. I have since dropped out of the synodal process. Signed, Bishop Robert Mutzeritz, November 4th, 2022. He ends it on a, on a, just a, a barn burner of a statement. God is out of the picture in this accursed synodal process. That's a bishop of the church. One of many. He's not the first to say this. God is out of the process in this synodal process. Think about it. What have we seen from Francis with his, I mean, one of the stories that went this week that I didn't cover was the, you know, Pontifical Academy for Life, pointing yet another atheistic Moloch ritual advocate to the Pontifical Academy of Life. God's not in Vatican City, it seems like, except in the most blessed sacrament of the altar. He is always there. The rest of it, this is not a process, does not come from God. It comes from somewhere else. And there's a sort of scent of sulfur that permeates the synodal process, the sin of synod, the synod of synodality. I've had enough of it, but and I know you have too. But it's going on until 2024. And then we'll see what Francis uh, imposes on the church. At which point, after that's done, you can expect probably he'll step down for a new conclave and a hope of his picking to push his program forward. I'm curious what you thought of this, so let me know in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. Share this on social media if you can. That helps a lot as well. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.